As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Kotaku Split Screen. Destiny 2 is out, and it is time for us to talk about it. My name is Kirk Hamilton. I am editor-at-large at kotaku.com, and I am joined by Jason Schreier, our news editor. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? Hello. I've pulled myself away from Destiny 2 to talk to you today, yeah. and you should be very appreciative because I want <laughs> yeah, to keep playing more. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling rough and like haven't been sleeping much because I've been playing a lot of Destiny and staying up late. Um, so before we get started, just a couple of quick things to go through. First of all, thank you so much to everybody who came out to our live show at PAX last week. Um, you could download that on our feed. So if you weren't there, you could listen to it. But it was really, really fun. And we were super happy that that everybody who came out came out and had a good time with us. We want to do it again. So that was that was very fun. Thanks, everybody who came. Um, also, we will be back to rate that we had a kind of a funny schedule this week. You may have noticed we did our live show ran on Wednesday. We're doing this show on Friday. So next week we'll be back to our regular Thursday schedule, if you're wondering about that. And the final thing is, Jason Schreier, your book came out on Tuesday. And it I think did. we should at least acknowledge that. How are you feeling? Good. We had a book launch party at the office last night. Um, oh, so man. I'm I wish I could have been there. How was it? That. Uh, it was fun. It was cool. We had a, a nice turnout. I saw some people I hadn't seen in a while. And yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with the the reactions and the buzz. And it seems like people are really digging it, which is cool to see. And hopefully it gives me the opportunity to write another book. Yeah, man. Which would be very um, exciting. That would be. It's funny that you had like a major launch this week because, you know, anybody anybody we knew who's like involved in Destiny and everybody was waiting for Destiny and there was this big Destiny launch, but you're also kind of launching something um, in the yeah. same week, which gives you a sort of some sort of perspective on what that's like also it does yeah i do now know what it's like to work on something for many months mm -hmm. and then see it go out into the wild yeah and then to see everyone to be hugely disappointed in it and to need to patch it multiple times over the next two right years. exactly <laughs> and now now i need to make it well I, it's funny actually i had the feeling of like like oh my god i know how game designers feel because people were tweeting at me like hey just finished it after like a day mm -hmm. and now I'm, I'm waiting for the sequel <laughs> just like, <laughs> like oh, oh yes this thing i I worked on for two years you yeah. just finished in a day like, i wish there was more god there's just not enough content in this book yes. it's i've already run, read it twice and run out yes um, <laughs> that's funny so that's the experience of creating things but yeah it's really good to just uh it, it feels really good to have created something that is like a physical object that's mm -hmm. out in the world and that yeah. people can enjoy so i'm really happy about that and i tried to make it cheap so if you haven't gotten it yet it's still really cheap if you get it on amazon or wherever else books are sold um and yeah i'm really really could not be more thrilled with the reception and the reactions and um nobody's called me yet to tell me i fucked up so That's, yeah, there's that probably, <laughs> probably a very nice feeling that so far so far so good on that front well now you can relax you can chill and you can play destiny 2 so we're going to talk about this game up front really quick we are not going to spoil much about this game jason and i both finished the story but we're not going to spoil the ending it's very good but i don't want to we don't want to go into what happens at the end or anything like that so no spoilers yeah, on and that in fact part. i would strongly strongly recommend going into like the last sequence of missions completely unspoiled yeah, and i would also recommend playing by yourself and just experiencing it on yep. your own yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel the same way and would give the same tip. So yeah, no, we'll, at some point in the future, maybe in a week or two, we'll do like a big spoiler thing where we talk about everything and yeah. all the theories and all the we'll stuff. We'll do that after the raid because then we'll get yeah. into just everything. And, and we talk can talk about, about all the mechanics. So we will talk, I'll, there's, I want to talk a little about like the nightfall mechanics. So there will be some stuff that if you haven't seen, we will discuss on this podcast, but nothing that's like a story spoiler or anything like that. So you're safe. If you haven't finished the campaign, we're just talking about kind of general impressions today. So in terms of general impressions, uh, uh, Jason, what do you think? 
I think it's fantastic. I'm so yeah. happy with how good it is. Um, just the number of fixes they made and tweaks they made. Still have a couple of minor complaints here and there, but for the most part, com- especially compared to Destiny 1, this is like a polished game that feels like... Um, the best way I can describe it is, and I was saying this to people last night at the party, with Destiny 1, I would tell people, yeah, this game isn't great, but I've played 500 hours of it. It's not the best thing. <laughs> it's got some issues. <laughs> so I don't know if I can recommend it, but yeah, it's really good. But with Destiny 2, it's this is just a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this having, uh, my power level right now is like 209 or something like that. So I haven't gotten into the end game stuff and there might be some grind ahead of me that I just don't know about yet. Um, which would suck, but as of right now, I have no caveats, no like admonitions with recommending this game just wholeheartedly to people. I can be like, hey, you should play Destiny 2. It's a really good shooter, and it's really <laughs> fun to play, and the story's really good, and there's charm and humor and all the stuff that wasn't in Destiny 1, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, I, and that makes me so happy because it's like such a, I'm happy for Bungie, I'm happy for the players, I'm happy that it's. it feels like this is the game that we've been waiting for, and Taken King kind of led down this path, and all of the mistakes they made with Destiny 1 led this way, and it just feels like Destiny is in a really good place, and it's just a blast i want to play more what do you think i i like it so far as well i think it's interesting that like it's interesting to view it through the lens of destiny one which is something i'll talk about in a second it's also interesting in the idea that this is like the what destiny could have been because in some senses when destiny was announced i think back to that one concept art photo with the with the space lion or like that space tiger Uh that's sitting with the guy there was this promise that remains unfulfilled and will probably always be unfulfilled about destiny the idea that it would be something that it is not like something that is like this no man's sky galaxy faring exploration mixed Mm. with like rpg and like a really intense wild story that like it's not that now it's really what mass effect andromeda wanted to be right like what a lot of games have wanted what no man's sky wanted to be what a lot of games have wanted to be and is obviously an extremely maybe impossible at least very difficult game to make destiny 2 isn't that what destiny to is to me at least is like a halo mmo like it's the thing that you know we kind of seem like destiny one was and this is just a much better version of that which is yes. less exciting than like the promise and the dream and the thing that i think a lot of people bought into at the beginning and were really excited about and remain disappointed by but i also think um well but this is a thing. good so version of that destiny 2 works so well because it embraces that and that's instead exactly, of trying yes, to be that's exactly all these I different mean. things for all these different people it's like right. you know what we are a halo MMO I mean this is what I touch upon this in my book a lot is that one of the biggest problems with Destiny 1's development is that the people at Bungie didn't know what the game was right. and up until it was actually all coalesced and it all come together and become this game that you could play it was so hard to know because you're creating something new and it doesn't really have an identity and there wasn't a ton of like strong creative vision from the top so it it was kind of like, what are we making? And, and now that they've made this, it's a lot more focused and they could be like, okay, here's what it is. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. Let's focus on what works and kill what doesn't work. It's funny because in this the story of the game's development that you have told very well, that there's this sort of sense that like, there were there were warring factions, which is like obviously like something that is just a bungee truth. It's like there are factions within bungee that kind of war and there were like warring factions between, oh, I don't want this to be like... Halo. This should be something totally different. Let's do something totally new. And then people were like, no, we're good at Halo. We should just make this like Halo. And Mm -hmm. you could see that in the first game and that it was basically like, oh my god, this isn't working. All this new stuff we're doing isn't working. It was gradually creeping back to Halo. By the time they launched, they hadn't fully gotten there yet and it's the result of this sort of mixed then finally deciding like a you know way too late and making a half-assed game this feels like they're like okay no we're like just making it it's like halo it's so halo-y like the campaign is very very halo there are so many moments throughout the campaign no spoilers that are just like halo moments and in some Mm -hmm. ways it's like i've seen people be like oh that's hilarious that's something that bungie did so long ago like they they're just doing it again in destiny and it's being treated as this revelation but especially for destiny players i think it is very nice to just see the game executing this stuff you know just like stuff that they couldn't seem to do in the first game regardless of the fact that we've done it in games before in destiny it's very nice Mm -hmm. to see so it is I have, so I made, I've been keeping this sort of running list of things. The first thing I, I want us to talk about is quality of life stuff in this game, okay. which is like, doesn't sound very sexy and was like not the most, maybe the most exciting thing. But for Destiny players, I think it's pretty 
crazy like how many things in this game are just kind of functional now in a way that they weren't in destiny one and are this hilarious reminder of just how not exactly warped because i think we were always aware i was certainly always aware of how inconvenient everything in destiny one was Uh but you do get used to it and you get good at it and you learn how to like you, I, I, I feel like I have a space in my brain now um, that is empty that I can just dedicate to other things because I don't <laughs> have to be, used for Destiny One tips right, and for tricks. dumb shit that like I had to keep track like how to like which gauntlet like, I can't open reloader. my menu I can't I can't open my menu during the orbit screen because it'll, I'll get right. kicked off but I have like ten seconds to organize things between then and then right and like the muscle <laughs> memory you need to quickly like pop over to this so there are things like okay like. The, I just here's a list. I'm just going to go through the one at a time. These okay, are all things it. that I used to have to think about, and that now I don't have to think about. The first one is changing gauntlets based on the type of primary weapon that you're using. This used to be right. <laughs> so like it's funny because I never. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Like these gauntlets reload hand cannons faster, and these do pulse rifles. So I'm going to put on my pulse rifle guns or you know gauntlets from my pulse rifle, and we're going to go into crucible, and then I'm going to switch to my hand cannon guns. But those are like your gauntlets. <laughs> those are lower light. So like you're I, like oh, giving me sucks. PTSD right now. <laughs> I know, and it's like, but there was this whole part of my brain that was like aware that. My my hunter had like good hand cannon gloves, but his pulse rifle gloves weren't as good. So in in Destiny Two, it's just that's just gone. Like you can just it's like you get a kinetic gun reload speed. There's like a mod you can put on your like class item, and that's it. So that's one uh-huh. thing. Um, what about another, the fact that you don't have to upgrade armor pieces and no, or guns like that? Anymore. So that's my next one is you don't have to level a gun after getting it. I've gotten a ton of guns, like a ton of legendary guns and cool guns. They're just, all the perks are unlocked. They're just done. Like, you just get yeah. them and you can go use them. And uh-huh. it's funny to just think, like, yeah, that was a thing we used to have to do. You used to go, like, grind, like, use a bunch of motes of light to level up a gun. So it's just another <laughs> thing where it's like, I'm just going to switch. It makes you me want to switch guns all the time now because uh-huh. I don't worry about the gauntlets I'm wearing or my build doesn't have to be, And like, you don't have to think about spirit bloom or armor materials. <laughs> right. And, like, you can't... Oh, armor materials Remember when worst. each class had its own armor material? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's... So the amount of, like, winnowing that's been done of the currencies, I think, is very nice. Okay, I'll just go through the rest of these really quick. Going to orbit between activities, obviously. That's like, the biggest yeah like the time save there is nuts like when you think about i think were you saying when we were playing you're like how much time do you think that we've spent cumulatively just going yeah, to just orbit going to orbit and yeah. going back to go somewhere um and then also like not just being able to fast travel around the map is is amazing and feeling like, yeah feeling like you have so much stuff to do in these coherent environments that feels it feels like an open world game almost mm-hmm. um where you can just walk in one direction and find cool stuff as opposed to having to select missions from a director and be like okay i'm gonna go in shoot some things and then go out and that game just felt disjointed in yeah. a way that destiny 2 does like destiny 2 rhythm. feels coherent yeah the rhythm was all broken up um, another one is changing weapons based on elemental damage. This is an interesting one that I've only just run into. And this, well, I'll talk about the Nightfall in a, in a little bit, which is fantastic, by the way. The first Nightfall, it's like one of the best things I've done in Destiny in a long time. Um, you, it used to be like if there was like a void burn, you would have to switch to like a different gun and like use a like, like you're like, oh, I have this like good fusion rifle, but like it's arc, so I have to switch to void. Now you can just put mods on and the mods mm. just change the elemental damage type of any gun. So, um, and you get a lot of them. I have like four or five of each one. So you can't use them like super casually, but I've only been playing a few days and I have a bunch. So if there's like a new nightfall modifier or like a raid boss and you just want to switch your really good sniper rifle to be like a solar rifle, you just can't. Uh-huh. Which is I like will a, say, I will say one thing that bugs me still is that the directional pad is still assigned to emotes, and you can't use them for items or like switching things. Oh yeah, that yeah. are actually Th- convenient. So that's yeah, and there's a whole list of those things too of things that like they've improved all this stuff, but there's definitely also like this list of things that haven't improved, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that is annoying. Or like the fact that you can only assign one emote. Give me a break. Um, so I don't, like let, I'll just go through. I have too many of these. This is just going to sound like we're like endlessly lauding this game how about the fact that you don't have to worry about equipping all of your highest power gear to get better stuff that to me i think is the biggest thing for me at least at the point that i'm at so right that's another one i've got here and then that will so combined with that attached to that is the fact that engrams now give you the power level they're going to drop at and so you can see on them it'll say 210 or whatever and you don't have to be surprised and like worrying like as if you're at a slot machine well it's it's very it's just all done differently like the number is assigned when you get it and it's based on your aggregate highest light which it's not light anymore but come on we're going to call it light um your power level your aggregate power level but like but the fact that we used to do that that i mean 
I wrote, there's a tips post I wrote, and it's like advanced tips for playing the Taken King or something. And it's the most absurd, one of the most absurd things I've ever written. And it's written mm-hmm. like very just like like plain spoken, here are the tips you need. And if you read it, it is fucking insane. Like it's just like, <laughs> it's like be sure to equip like all of your highest light on this character. But then if your alt is there, then save some of these like blue items to transfer over to your alt to level them up. So when they go to the Cryptarch, they can get higher light. And then it's just <laughs> absurd and it's practical advice. And it was required by the game. But it's mm-hmm. crazy that that was necessary. And now it's not. It used to be at the end of a Crucible match, I would like in the last 30 seconds, switch out my gear. I would just be standing there at the spawn, switching out shit so that I'd have a higher light at the end of the match for the drops. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that's just crazy. And Unbelievable. It's, yeah, very nice that they fixed that. Um, God, what else? Oh, that you can just like, you don't have to read Grimoire. You don't uh-huh. have to use the, um, what's the, what was the thing called? Is it three of coins? No, now I'm getting them mixed up. The thing that you would take before a boss to get an exotic. Yeah, three of coins. Yeah, three of yeah. coins. That's just gone. That just I think that's just permanently on for everybody. So there's always an exotic chance. You don't even have to worry about getting more of those. Um, you don't have to pledge a faction. I'm guessing the factions are going to play a role, but that is so all. So did been you see? Simplified. Yeah, in the month, in the plan for the month, there's yeah. something called faction rally. Yeah, maybe. So we I can, assume that's related. Yeah, maybe we can speculate on that in a minute. But I do. Yeah, I know. How about the how about the fact that instead of worrying about like, I mean, pretty much everything is just handled with these tokens, and you mm-hmm. trade in tokens for more loot, and it's just a simplified, yeah, like, streamlined. There's no vendors. <laughs> there's like no vendors. Like you don't right. You and so it's really the... cool to find tokens because you feel like you're always making progress when yeah. you find these tokens and there's no downside to getting them. And so you don't have to worry like, oh, if I do this public event, am I going to get something I need or some bullshit? Because you're always going to get tokens and right. that's useful. And like there's not multiple uses for things so far, which is very nice. Like, So the legendary shards that you get, you use those to infuse items. So when you break down a legendary or exotic, you get the shards, you use the shards to infuse more items. That's like a logical circle, a circle of life, if you will. But <laughs> you used to have to use marks to do that. And you could uh-huh. also use marks at vendors. So suddenly you were having to make this kind of shitty choice of like, well, I want to infuse this thing, but I want to save up my marks and buy a vendor item. Now uh-huh. you don't do that because there's only one use for everything, which is really mm. nice. Like that each thing just has one use. So you're like, well, I know so what I'm going to sure, do with So are we sure? Are we sure that like the materials? So I was a little, I got a little skeptical and worried when I picked up materials and then it was like, go trade these in at the vendor, like the planetary ma- materials. Um, um, I forget all I the names. Tell, so... I've played a lot, and I'm fairly certain, at least from everything I've seen, there is no other use for any of that. There's one use for everything. So okay. planetary mats, you pick them up, trade them into and the, you just bring to them the, to the vendor, vendor on the planet for a small amount uh-huh. of rep. Um, and Which, gu- by weapon- the way, it's so cool that they have vendors on each planet now, and those yeah, are like characters that you get good, to know. And Yeah, it's a good system. It makes sense. So then also weapon parts, they look like weapon parts, but they're just called like gunsmith materials or something right. those come you from armor and guns the they're the same thing you just give them to the gunsmith and actually you get a ton of them because you're getting so many drops and they give you shit i mean you get like an engram from the gunsmith like i've gotten so many like pretty regularly um so yeah one use for everything which is just a so all of that stuff combines to make mm-hmm. me feel like i just have a lot taken off my mind when i'm playing this mm-hmm. game and i can just sort of play it which is purely viewing Destiny 2 through the lens of Destiny 1. And all of that is, and it's very hard to put all of that aside as like an obsessive Destiny 1 player. And I don't mm-hmm. even think it's necessary. Like, it's interesting to talk no, about No, it's this impossible. Game. I mean, it's going to be impossible for us to judge this game as an independent game. And we're going, I yes. mean, there's no way to talk about this game without talking about it in the context of what right. it is. I mean, I think there is. Like, I mean, there's, there's ways to just talk about what it does well and what it doesn't do well. And I think sure. that's like a, a good thing to try to do. But right, like, I think everything we've been talking about and my entire initial impression is based on, you know, 1200 hours or whatever playing destiny one and then going to the sequel and like viewing it all through that lens, which is, which is just very interesting. Well, I I also think a big part of what's enjoyable about it is that it's tackling a lot of the lore and interesting depths of destiny that was just teased on in the last game, like in this game. And I won't spoil the story, but it manages to make you actually care about the traveler and the lore behind the traveler in a way that destiny one never did. And it has some interesting 
aspects of that. And there are hints at future DLC with Osiris, which is going to be the first DLC, mm-hmm. and Re- and Rasputin, which is rumored to be the second DLC, um, and other parts of the Destiny universe. Like I remember even just pulling out my ghost and finding like a random teleporter in one mission, like a Vex teleporter, and I scanned it with the ghost, and my ghost is like, it looks like this is connected to the Vault of Glass. Remember? Kaber and Pradith. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, holy shit, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a lot of so good I think that, like that just having that our three years of like trying to figure out just what the hell was going on in Destiny Lore and reading the Grimmar cards and trying to figure out what it all meant, even though the game was bad at delivering it. I think it's it's fun to play something that actually delivers that story really well when we've been trying to piece together the details for ourselves for yeah. so long. It's funny, I think I would suggest anybody listening to this who hasn't listened to it should go back and listen to your E3 interview with Luke Smith that was on Mm -hmm. a podcast episode that we did uh, during E3 back in June. It's really easy to find. One of the things he talked about in that is you asked him what the darkness was, or you were like, did you guys just not know what the darkness was? And, Uh you know, paraphrasing, he was like, basically, no. Like, we we had this idea, like, these guys were like agents of the darkness and all the different races, but it was very vague. And if you go back and play the story missions of Destiny 1, it's extremely vague, like, it's like, what the fuck is the darkness? And even now it's vague, but it now feels like they know what it is. And they've, at some point, we're going to find out. Like, it's not, the darkness isn't just like this amalgamation of the hive and the fallen and like the bad guys you fight. Like, there's something else. And that, to me, like, that feels just like they said, okay, we're going to figure this thing out. We're going to figure out what the fuck the story is going to be. Like, Luke talked about it when you talked to him, the idea that, like, we're building toward things like toward a final showdown. And then Uh you just see, it's not, this isn't rocket science. Like this is not hard. This has been done by like a hundred fucking story, a thousand stories where like, there's a big bad guy and like a mysterious good force. And you're like, it's like the oldest story in the book. Right. And the story of destiny Two itself is the same way. Like there's a bad guy who shows up and fucks shit up and then you fight him. And like, it's like a very straightforward story, but it's done well, and I wonder if, like, are we are we judging Destiny 2 with, a, with too low of a bar? Like, the fact that, like, the story is coherent and there's, like, a bad guy that it seems like a No, I don't think so. I think the characters, uh, the, the characters make Destiny 2's story interesting. And also, Gaul is a really good villain. I mean, he's more than he's just, okay like... He's villain. No, I disagree. If you think about his motives and stuff and just the way... Well, I don't want to get into spo- story yeah, yeah. spoilers, well, we but there are these cinematics that I think show some depth to him that you have to think about for a while, and you have to think about the fact that he is like, like uh, uh, he has some jealousy, and he has some he has some depth to him. I think that is goes beyond uh, just yeah, like raw. So, I am angry. Okay, so I would say that I will. So to offer some criticisms for starters, like I think that any game that is relying on like major scenes between two characters and you can't see their entire faces or any of their faces having conversations is just like kind of shitty. Destiny uh-huh. does it too much. I would, I just, I want to see people who emote and like have faces. It's kind of the bane problem from from Dark Knight Rises. Also, like, I do think that, like, while Gaul is more... There was no main villain of Destiny 1, and even Oryx was sort of inscrutable. I like the way they do these cutscenes where you see things Gaul is doing. I also am like, look, this guy is... He's like... This is the Ben the Bad Guy of, like, multiple Marvel movies. Like, the guy who, like, (laughs) wants what Gaul wants and is, like, having the issues Gaul is having. This is not, like, the great villain. This isn't the guy from The Last of Us, even, in terms of, like, video game scale. So Sure, but we're talking about an MMO, like, shooter. Sure, but that's why I'm saying, like, the bar is Yes, the bar is low, low, but the bar is low for video game stories in general. And also, the, the big advantage of this story is that, or the big plus of this story, the most valuable thing for me was hearing Cade's Six and Failsafe and all these great characters. Devrim K. These yeah, are really I'm, good I'm characters. I'm medium on Failsafe, but I really like Devrim. Um, just Devrim to, is great. Yeah, Hawthorne is Balthier. great. Um, uh, Ikor, the whole fire team is great. Mm-hmm. All of the I loved interacting with the characters and hearing in the chat, and there's just so much good dialogue. You know, in there, it's also and nice. That's something that's very new. It's nice that the characters are in the game. I mean, it was something that was in the yeah. beta that I think we knew was going to be in the game, but just to see them in the game with you, which is just funny because like that's another thing where like yeah, of course they are. Like every game has done this, but Destiny One didn't, and they were these weird disembodied voices. You're like, well, but I mean, if you, yeah, if you go back and read my Destiny One reporting, it's this was supposed to be like right. Destiny One was supposed to have all these characters talking to you while you played. But 
but then that story was scrapped. And there were supposed to be cutscenes and moments where, and Ghost was supposed to be a supplement, but instead Destiny 1 just says Ghost be the only character that's talking to you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just all kind of Well, the only character that's next to you, the other characters talk to you, but over your radio. Like I guess in Destiny 1, not it really, in, no, no, not you're in right. It was, just, huh, it was really just Ghost. That was only added with Taken King, where other characters would talk. Oh, right. well, no, with the DLC. The patrol missions, when, I think. For Destiny 1, it was the patrol missions, where suddenly Nathan Fillion would be talking for a second. And I was like, who the f- why the yes. fuck is Nathan Fillion talking to yes. me? Who is he? But not the story. The story right. missions You're in right. D1 was only that's ghost right. the whole time. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the structure of the missions, by the way? Because I think that's a really big thing. Sure, go, go for it. What do you like well, about Well, so in Destiny 1, you would go through a story mission, and it would usually be land on a planet, kill, shoot some aliens, defeat three waves of enemies, guard something that Ghost is doing. Um, and that would be the structure for pretty much every single mission. And then sometimes you'd fight a boss at the end. In Destiny 2, it's a lot different, and it feels already like there's so much variety to each mission where you're getting vehicles and you're doing things that are a lot more interesting than mm. just guarding things things and there are no more or very few fight three waves of enemies while yeah. you're guarding something for ghosts um and even that was just so refreshing and to play a destiny 2 game where like i didn't know what would happen happen next and i didn't know what kind of missions i would be playing through they all felt a lot longer and more substantial than uh than destiny 1 missions did um, one thing that has struck me is the adventures i think are very good um i yeah. those are the so there are these and they like all have side stories quests. they all have interesting stories yeah and there are so many of them so they all tie in to like longer stories and these missions you get after you finish the game that all sort of hint at like you know other like they flesh out some stuff but they yeah they're all just good like they're cool they take you all over the map like you do a bunch of different challenges and granted i mean the challenges in this game amount to basically platform shoot things you know shoot things while platforming like the, and then sure. maybe like a couple other like slightly different things so they're there all halo some, there was You're some, doing a halo couple stuff. of a couple of raid mechanics in in there oh yeah and so well to get into mechanics so let's let me talk about the nightfall for a minute i did the nightfall last night and it is really really good um i, I don't want to hear it. about the nightfall i haven't done it yet well, don't tell me anything, man. But I, I, it's ugh. all right. What? How much Let's can I save that you? for the spoiler cast? That's not a spoiler. Because I think though. people like, who haven't like, done the Nightfall yet might not. Okay, want to know I'll be vague. Here's what I, I, I have to talk about the Nightfall because the Nightfall, I think, it to me at least like informs a lot of the smart things they do. But I can be vague without getting into specifics. Okay, be really vague. Yeah. Um, the Nightfall is great. Um, if you haven't done it, you should do it. Uh, it's very challenging. But what's nice about it is that it's challenging in a way that is not just challenging because the um, enemies are very powerful. Like, it isn't just, like... And it's also not challenging because if you all die and wipe, you go to orbit. That's not how it works. So it's very different than Nightfalls um, in Destiny 1. And what I really like about it... I wish I could get into specifics, but okay, fair enough. Um, I don't want to spoil you guys. What I really like about it is that it uses a lot of the things that they've added to Destiny 2. So, for example, the gun loadout, the way that you have a kinetic and an energy weapon, is super mm-hmm. important for the way that the Nightfall works. Um, and it forces team communication, and you have to like manage your loadouts. Also, the fact that you can change any of your guns to any type of um, of elemental damage is like very important for, for making it work. And so there's all this stuff in the game that wouldn't have worked in Destiny 1. It isn't just like, oh yeah, in Destiny 1, we could have just added these mechanics, these modifiers, and then had the Nightfall be super interesting. Instead, it's like, these modifiers make the best of all of the stuff they changed in Destiny 2. And I think okay. that's really cool to like see the game working as a, um, you know, in concert that way. And also, I we like had a heartbreaker loss, the team I was doing this with last night. We lost like, oh man, it was so close, and then we failed. And then we did it again, and we beat it. And it was the first time the game really challenged me. I this The difficulty curve in this game has been very gentle, I think. And it's not... Mm-hmm. I haven't fe- felt challenged by anything. But then... Um, you know, the Nightfall was a challenge and it really was the first time I was like, oh, fuck, okay, like get down to brass tacks with my team and like work stuff out. And that was very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's a, I'm thinking of a couple other things I really want to talk about very briefly. Can we just talk about the music? Oh, it's incredible. It's really good. I am super better impressed. Better than D1. It, so it's interesting. Sorry, I Marty. I think it's better than Destiny 1 too. And I think maybe that's 
controversial? Well, the thing is that like, I think it's really interesting. So yes, I think the music is fantastic. It's composed by a whole group of people. Um, uh, C. Paul Johnson and what's his name? Whose name I'm forgetting the Italian. Michael Salvatore. Thank you, Michael Salvatore, who all worked on Destiny 1 with Marty. And Marty O'Donnell, yes. of course, the uh, audio lead at... Bungie, the famous composer of the Halo theme, who composed a lot of the music for Destiny with Paul McCartney helping. And, and had a large falling out. Right, with, had, uh, a, had a very large falling out with, with Bungie and left. It's interesting because his specter still looms over the Destiny music. And his main theme, you know, like that theme is present throughout. And I think they're really using it very smartly. But man, the some of the stuff they're doing, there's a new theme that's like, a variant on that theme. It has that fifth at the beginning, but then it goes somewhere different. Then they've just done. They, it's just cool to hear composers doing good work, and and finding an identity and like building to a place. So, some of my favorite music, the music in the in the farm in the first social area uh, that you go to. is like really nice it sounds like a jrpg almost like there's this like rolling like piano parts and it's really nice like motif that kind of floats through it and just has this it's it's just really nice sounding and there are a lot of points throughout the game where those themes keep coming back um there's that chronos quartet music that plays like mm-hmm. during one of the early story missions It's beautiful, and there's a lot of, like, the choral stuff is really well done. You can hear, I always say, like, I think that a video game soundtrack sounds great when you can hear people breathing, um, like, either flute players who are mic'd really close, or mm-hmm. singers. You can hear the choir, though. You can hear the chorus pause and breathe, and the soloists breathe. The Kronos Quartet, obviously, you can hear each individual member of the quartet, like, playing their instrument. It doesn't just sound like a big orchestra. And it just, I'm, yeah, I'm very taken with it, and the way that it uses it establishes taken. marty's theme <laughs> the taken king i've been taken um it establishes marty's theme it builds on it and then it builds on itself throughout and then there are moments at the end no spoilers but like some of the really epic moments at the end are oh, like yeah, the fucking mu- the awesome because of the music shit, yeah Like, the music is just, like, kicking ass, and you're kicking ass, and it's like, yes! Like, and uh-huh. it's like the theme is just, like, going very Halo-y. Like, it's just, like, it makes the game, really, for me. And it's much, much better than I was expecting, especially because I thought that none of the DLC or the expansions for Destiny 1 had mm-hmm. great music. Like, it was fine. I think Taken King was probably the strongest, but it seemed like those composers all had a hard time finding a new identity after Marty left, and mm-hmm. they were, like, working with his stuff but weren't sure what to do. And then they found it. And it reminds me a little bit of like what various composers have had to do with John Williams's work on Star Wars, like how mm-hmm. John Williams composed like these iconic things. That's even more of a, he had this huge shadow. But there are times like I like didn't like the Rogue One music, for example, um, Michael Giacchino, who doesn't do much for me as a composer. He did the score to that. And I just don't like it. It likes, it does actually, interestingly, a very similar thing to 
what Destiny 2 does, where it starts, it sounds like it's going to be the Star Wars music, but then it goes in this other direction, the main theme. Yeah. But I don't like the main theme, and I just think it's, Interesting. like, hacky. So this is, like, that, but good. Um, but good. So that's my spiel. That's my, like, I actually like the, the new music. Star Wars music. But um, this is, yeah, this is just stellar. This is, like, some of the best music I've ever heard in a video game. Like, yeah, this I is up it, there yeah. with, like, um, in terms of Western video games, as opposed to the more melodic Japanese, like, here's a catchy tune that's going to get stuck in your head. Um, this in terms of like environmental atmospheric music, this is some of the best, like yeah. up there it's, with Skyrim and like other. It has. There incredible. are definitely times that have a Jeremy Soul like yes, Skyrim vibe. Like when you're too. on IO, I think the music on IO really sounds like Jeremy yeah. Soul. They've drawn yeah. from some, they've drawn very smartly from various influences mm-hmm. and done yes. a just very solid job, and it's nice to hear. So I like that a lot. Yeah, one thing it was reminding me of actually was at certain points I kept hearing, um, you know, that Fallout. Four trailer where the the original Fallout Four trailer where the music is like swelling as it's showing you different scenes of the wasteland. It's like yeah, so there were moments in Destiny Two that reminded me of that. Nice. But um, so yeah, so the music is incredible, really shockingly good. Yeah, um, I wasn't so expecting that. A couple more things that I wanted to bring up about the missions. Sure. One is, here's a great quality of life thing. Um, I lost internet in the middle of a mission, and in Destiny 1, if that happened to you, you would be <laughs> fucked. You'd have to start over from the beginning. In Destiny 2, it saves your progress. And that is incredible, considering how long the missions in Destiny 2 are, but mm-hmm. I have not, in, in the entire time playing Destiny 2, I have not had to replay anything, except for the opening mission, which I played in the beta, but whatever, that doesn't count. Right. Um, and which leads to my second thing that I wanted to bring up, which is after you finish a mission in Destiny 2, the mission icon goes away. You can't do it again until the end of the game when, or after you finish a story when you can go to Ikora and she'll give you like the option to replay missions for extra tokens and stuff. But before that, it's like the game is saying to you, this is not a game about repeating content. We're not doing that anymore. This is a game about playing new stuff. And we know that's that this is what yeah, you want. Yeah, that's true. That that's, and it's sort it of just structured that, that way. It's just a signal to you that like, like when you beat an adventure, it's not on the map anymore. It's You can actually feel like you're making progress as opposed to the Destiny 1 director where you look at this big map and it's the, the symbols for old missions are always there. And <laughs> right. they're like taunting like one you. That's like, kind of Come flashing, play being us like, again. You're supposed to do this one again, but if you want exactly. to do whatever, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's interesting. So it just feels like, yeah, it just feels like this game is like, it's Destiny 1 was just like so much of a fuck you to the player. Um, unintentionally, I'm right, sure, in, in many you. ways. An accidental fuck you to the player. And Destiny 2 is like, no, we love you, player. Like, we want you to enjoy yourself, <laughs> which is just so cool. And I really hope that with the end game and the raid, and I hope we don't suddenly discover, like, next week, that at this time, we might be talking about all the bullshit bugs in the raid and stuff like that that are pissing us off. But... I am optimistic and very hopeful that that they just nailed it this time. I mean, I really think it, it's up there with my favorite games of the year um, because it's just done so many things right for me so far, and I just love playing it so much. Yeah, I, I've been having a lot of fun. I think so. One other thing we should talk about that I want to at least talk about is the Crucible, which I finally mm-hmm. had a chance to play a sort of extended run of Crucible um, of four v four. Yeah, and it's also good. It almost it feels we're very high on this game. I'm very, it, it, but every they're doing everything very well, and I was really impressed with how much fun I was having in Crucible. My main thing on Crucible is you will have a much better time playing Crucible with a team of friends, um, with four people, even in the quick play playlist. Um, so the way it works, and this is actually true of Strikes. I've also done some Strikes. Those are cool too. Um, the Strikes and Crucible. There's like. The strikes is just a playlist. Like you can't go pick individual strikes, which has been a little controversial. I kind of, I think I kind of get what they're going so for. So you can't even, even like after you beat everything, you can't pick individual strikes. It's no, only you playlist. can only go to the playlist um, and get them that way. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I get, I guess I get it. Like they just want to funnel everybody through like one. You know, one match. Right. I mean, thinking it through in Destiny One, that's pretty much all we would do anyway. Right. It would be rare. The only downside is when you want to play them all for the first time, but that won't be relevant. And there's, I think, five or six. Like, you just do the playlist and you get them eventually. Yeah. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I like that approach. Actually. Yeah, and I mean, it, it makes sense because th- then you don't have to worry about. I mean, one of the things that I'm sure confused lots of players, and this game is all about streamlining and making things. As I was playing, I kept thinking, "Oh, this is done so that new players who don't understand three years of, of Destiny yeah, will definitely. get it." Um, and I think. One of the things that must have been confusing for players is like, do I do a strike on the map or a strike playlist or what are all these strike play? Like, what's the and difference between all these things? And, and they're all different levels. And yeah, yeah, and just the fact that it's all streamlined is very smart. 
So that, I think that, yeah, I, I get why people are kind of like, don't like that, but I do agree that it seems like it's streamlined. And Crucible is that way too. Like there are no private matches, which I, I hope they add at some point because I know there are players. Who I'm really, sure they will. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they will too. And I also understand why they launched it this way. It's like very, very simple. There's two playlists, there's competitive and there's quick play. That's it, which is very like, you know, Blizzard inspired. It's all like Overwatch. You just go, right. whatever you play, you get a game mode and it's fine. It's pretty cool because you'll just, you know, and we were playing quick play. We're just going between like, uh, what's the one, um, uh, where you kill people and grab their gems, I get all the all the names mixed up. Um, supremacy, uh, no. yeah, supremacy, yeah, supremacy, supremacy, and clash, and um, and also and uh, control, and the and the new one. What's the new one called? Domination. Uh, oh, the no. one that's like Counter Strike. That's in that's in yeah. competitive. And then there's one where you have a pool yeah. of lives. That's also in competitive, like survival. I think it's called. So you can uh-huh. kind of go between those two. They are very different. Quick play feels more like you're playing casually. But the thing I was finding so. The biggest changes, obviously, there are no special guns. So it's like two primaries and a, and a special that you don't have ammo for very often completely mm-hmm. changes the flow. And this is definitely where those, you know, those weapon classes are working very well. Um, every The time to kill is way higher. And it really, you have to work as a team. So we, I was playing with a group of three people or, you know, four of us total. Everybody was like pretty good. Like we knew what we were doing and we were working together and we were on our mic and it was really fun. I mean, even in quick play, we were like executing strategy in clash. We were just playing clash, but it was like get together, like back it up. I'm going to go around. We're going to do a pincher on these guys. It wasn't mm-hmm. like trials of Osiris level, but it was very like we were organized and we were, and when we were organized, we were doing well because you have to team shoot people to really get them. It's like you can one V one with people, but like a lot of the time you want to be shooting people twice, which just means you want to be working in a team. The downside right. of that is that playing with cash, like random people just casually, like by yourself, can be really frustrating when it's like, mm. oh my God, my team is all over the place and we just keep getting our asses kicked because we're not working together. So if you're playing with randoms, you would want to do the casual, the more casual mode. Yeah, but even then, so what I'm, yeah, like what I, so what I'm saying is really like even in the casual mode, even in, even quick in the play, casual mode, it's tough. Team was, yeah. Teamwork was so required to do well and was so fun, which is kind of true in Destiny 1 too, I guess. It's just, it has a very different feel. It feels much more grounded, much closer uh-huh. to Halo. Again, it's like another way the game feels more like Halo. It's like you're just, you have guns, you're shooting them at people and that's it. And then occasionally it's like, oh shit, that dude's got a sniper rifle and he has a sniper rifle for like a second and then he's mm-hmm. out of bullets and then you're back to the normal game. And um, it's cool, but though I, it was the most fun I've had with Destiny PvP for quite some time, just because it felt so much more like strategic and grounded. And I, yeah, I really like I liked what they did with it. Man, yeah, they really nailed this uh, this game. Should we um, talk? I want to ask you: Should we talk about the shaders thing? So the, I was the, about to bring that up because, yeah. <laughs> like, so this is the thing that people are very upset about that I feel like mm-hmm. we should at least talk about a little bit, talk through the shaders issue. Um, so the deal is right that shaders are one-time use only so shaders shaders are items that change the look of your equipment for those of you aren't familiar with destiny parlance and the way that they work is you in the first game you would just equip you would have a shader slot and that would change the look of your entire uh uh, uh, body armor and only, you would have these weapons. permanent yeah and you would have these permanent items that you could just swap in and out whenever you want it in destiny 2 instead you have to put shaders on your equipment and every time you use one it disappears as a consumable item and that has been controversial because of course um sh- one of the ways you can get these consumable shaders is through microtransactions right. um this has been very controversial because nobody likes change and everyone's like, everyone wants permanent shaders and there's a lot of hullabaloo. Um, I will say that in my experience, you get a lot of shaders. So it's not really something that you're really running out of to the point where you think that they're using microtransactions to fuck with you. And also, you get a lot of bright engrams, which are the item, the microtransaction engrams that will drop shaders, among other things. Um, you got one of them every time you level up. So you're always getting these things. Or every time you level up past 20 uh, mm-hmm. because after 20 20 is a level cap so you're really getting a lot of these things all the time and it's not the type of thing where you feel like the game is depriving you and I don't know I mean I understand why people are upset about it because anything to do with microtransactions in, in a game that's already $60 and already feels like it's it's expensive and anything anytime something involves like uh, uh, the game wanting you to give it more real money just feels shady and sketchy. But I don't know. Considering how many things they nailed in this game, I, I can't. I, I don't feel that bothered about it. Um, 
yeah i don't know what about you yeah i think it's kind of a perfect like it struck me as like a perfect storm kind of an issue because it's tied to microtransactions it was very early in the game it was also a game that there's a lot good about and i think there's still a sort of bad blood with some people in destiny and like there's a feeling like people you know destiny fucked a lot of us over a lot of times in a lot of different ways and there's always been this sort of lingering lingering bad feeling over that and so it made sense that there was gonna if there was gonna be anything that set the community off it would Mm -hmm. be something like this tied to microtransactions like i remember when it was one of the events that launched during destiny one like during the last year there was a big ad for it that had all these cool items you could get and almost all of the items wound up being tied to the eververse to the like Mm -hmm. microtransaction thing and that was a similar thing where the community just like a lot of people were just pissed because it was like well what the fuck like what if we don't want to buy we want to get that stuff we want to do this do this timed event but we don't want to pay extra money why did you advertise it like we were just going to be able to get this stuff when we can't Mm-hmm. But yeah, in my experience, so I'm drowning in shaders for starters. Like I've been playing pretty hard for the last two days, but I mean, I have so many, I'll never use them all. And I just mm-hmm. kind of, at this point, I'm just like, when I get a gun, I first, I like that they put them on guns. So I'll get a gun and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to keep this gun. So let's just look through my shaders. And I've got, you know, somewhere between three and eight of like a billion different shaders. And I just look at what I like, you know, at some point I'm sure it'll be like, oh, I really want to look this certain way. And then I'll, you know, want to save up shaders. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not upset about it. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. to me, first off, I don't feel like I've had enough time. And the the time that I've had has indicated to me that there are going to be so many shaders that I'm going to have so many of them. And it's going to be this constant thing that it won't really feel like, oh, I, you know, I don't run out I, I or I've run out and I, I don't have the shaders that I want and now I can't get them. Um, but I don't know, like the idea of like really wanting permanence from shaders or at least being able to get them back if you swap them out like i guess i get that this sort of encourages people to like try more shaders and go through them more which i also get because i felt like in destiny one but they're not going to i mean it's more like people will just hoard them all and be like i don't want to use this until well so I i've really... actually started using because i have so many i'm like well fuck it i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. start using them you do get so many <laughs> I, but i felt like in destiny one i had like a million shaders that i never use i only use like three ever uh-huh. and i definitely yep. i can understand why bungie would look at and that chromas and say, think about how many chromas you had in your right. vault and like they would look at that and say well okay we made all this stuff but like people aren't using them And, like, once they get the one shader that they like, they just keep it forever. And, like, granted, that's, like, what players liked, and they're kind of taking that away. So that's Mm going to piss some people off. But I can certainly at least understand why they would look at that and think, Mm. okay, well, that's this system is, like, sort of not efficient. Like, most people aren't using, you know... 98% 98% mm-hmm. of the shaders that they get. So we want to kind of find a way to urge them to, to cycle through them a little bit more. Okay, I have some more important things to complain about. <laughs> you don't want to talk about shaders for another 20 minutes? No, I'm so bored of that conversation, <laughs> honestly. Um, so some nitpicks. Can yeah. I read oh, you some nitpicks? Let me have it. Okay, nitpick one. You can't dismantle in the vault, which is something yep. that you really think they would have... Considering n- how many of those little things now. that they've added, like uh-huh. these little little touches, that does seem like something... That, um, that they would patrol icons don't show distance anymore so you it no longer sh- tells you how many meters away mm-hmm. you are from a patrol icon which is really mm-hmm. annoying because they're hard to like pinpoint um you can't do patrols and adventures at the same time, which is really annoying. And that's really super lame because you should be able to be yeah, like getting stack, patrols in while yeah, you're at stack adventures. patrols yeah. with things at the same yes. time. Um, the alert icons in from the vendors and stuff in the farm suck. I think um, those are fine. I disagree with you. Well, no. The reason that they suck is because... So the way it works is when you're supposed to talk to someone, their icon appears as green um, and kind of shows up on the map, right? When you're looking around. Or not on the map, on the on your UI screen. When you're just looking around like normal, you'll see a green dot in the distance. But it also shows up as green when you're standing next to them. So when you're standing next to a couple of vendors... You don't know if it's if it's showing up as green because they have something for you or because you're next to them. Right, and you have that's to like super confusing and that. just bad bad UI. Hmm. Um, one more nitpick: you still see players' levels instead of their power. I noticed which that is initially, and was useless. like, "Are you serious? Like, come on, yeah. everybody's level twenty, and give me a break." Yeah, because it's like you're playing trials or whatever, and everybody's just level twenty, and it's or you're in the tower, and it's just so useless mm-hmm. when, especially considering that you see more people all the time um uh, and you're just constantly surrounded like you're out in patrol zones a lot more often than you would have been in the past and just seeing people a lot more often it's useless to only see their levels which is kind of a useless number since everyone's just going to be 20 
you know, one thing I would have liked is, um, I don't know if they could do this. I'm sure this would be really hard. This is just me being like, this would be cool. So I noticed that in those, the moments at the beginning of the game, like there are some times where it tells you stuff you did with other players and it, and it uses their full name. If you're actual mm-hmm. PlayStation friends with them, cause mm-hmm. you know, you can be real name friends. There are moments now, I think for the first time ever in the game, destiny two, I will see your name or some other people's like names next to things. I think it'd be really cool if they figured out a way that anybody that your real name friends with on PlayStation network just shows up as their name in the game instead of ah. their username. I think that would be, yeah, neat. that'd be interesting. Um, That's another thing, by the way, when you're with a fire team, it's hard to tell like where they, it, they should really make it. So it show they show up, um, on the map. So yeah, I was if about I to open say up that. the That's map. actually, that's a big problem. I think like, yeah. because you can fast travel when uh-huh. you're out in the world with somebody and then yeah. suddenly it'll just be like, where the hell are you? And then you have yeah. to go through this whole rigmarole. I'm guessing, yeah. I, I remember co- to go back to your Luke Smith interview again, it was funny, there was a funny moment in that interview where you guys were talking about it and he was saying, look, we're, we're trying some things in this game that we've never done before. And he's like, like a map. He was like, you'd be amazed at, he's like, a map is not a core competency that Bungie has. It's not something we've ever done before. We don't know how to do a map. And like, uh-huh. we were really excited that the map even worked. Like that was the gist, I'm not, that's not a direct quote. But um, I thought that was kind of funny because, right, like we, you've talked about this before with engines and with like people having to like build a dialogue system for the first time. That shit is hard. And like, it's cool that they did it, but you can tell, oh, they've never done a map before. I bet it was hard as fuck to even get that working. It's definitely sure, yeah. missing. It's definitely missing some things like that. Oh, yeah. They're actually, yeah, there are a couple of nitpicks of the map. Like, for example, when you open it up, it doesn't center on your location, it mm-hmm. centers in the center of the map. And you have to kind of scan around and try to find your location. Yeah. And these are all small things that i'm sure in two months will be things that they address in some hopefully, way hopefully yeah at it's, least some th- of them especially with the map it's like things that feel like okay it's your first map <laughs> like you yes you know hopefully they'll they'll figure out how to make some of that stuff work because yeah it would be yeah. especially i've been doing a lot more patrol stuff because a lot of the post-game stuff is just in patrol zones and it's a pain in the ass like when you're just like Ugh, where is my team where is everybody what's going on and you just yeah. can't tell by looking at the map is definitely yeah. annoying Okay, I think we've been going long enough. Final thoughts before we log off to go play more Destiny? Um, I am, So I'm going to write my review after the raid. I'm obviously okay. very positive on the game. My overall thought is that it's interesting that now Destiny is just this like good game, and I wonder if it is less interesting now. And this is Yeah, not something, that's a really good question. This is not something I can answer now. I, you know, I have things to say about it. I think it's interesting to write about any video game, but I do think... We could be entering a phase at which Destiny is just this competent, solid game that remains interesting to talk about and fun to play, but isn't interesting in that way that Destiny 1 was, which where it was this flawed, maddening, weird, addictive thing. And as a critic alone, as a gamer, I am psyched about that. It's great. Uh-huh. More good games. As a critic, as somebody who likes interesting, weird, broken things purely personally, that to me is a little bit less interesting. And I wonder... I wonder what the future of Destiny will be as it becomes a more just consistently competent product. And we've kind of been seeing that over the years. I think that's kind of my closing thought and something that I'm at least meditating on and exploring over the uh-huh. next couple of weeks. Uh-huh. That, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. And that's something we can't really answer until it's yeah, been that's out for a while. I, and that's really my closing thought, it. not something that I could get an answer now or even begin to answer. Yeah, yeah. But it's something we will no doubt be talking about um, yeah. over the coming weeks and months. But yeah, a Destiny, a version of Destiny without that kind of push-pull from developers. And I wonder if that's, that must be one of the reasons that the shader thing has blown up so much is that people are kind of looking for Yeah, everyone's used to <laughs> a it. Controversy. Like, We've been in this cycle for years. <laughs> there needs uh-huh. to be, yeah, no, I think that is part of it. And people are looking for a way. And Luke Smith's comments on Twitter kind of exacerbated things because he seemed out of touch by being like, we want people to go back to the raid for more shaders. (laughs) To get more shaders. Yeah. um, Which is kind of a dumb thing to say, but we love you, Luke. And Mm -hmm. you made a good game despite that dumbass thing you said. Um, (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we will be back next week. We will talk. We will do a Destiny spoiler cast either next week at the end of the show or the week after. Yeah, probably the week after, but we'll see. And yeah, we will be playing lots and lots more Destiny. Okay. Cool. See you, see you Kirk. Yeah, see you online, Jason. Kotaku Split Screen is the official podcast of video game website Kotaku.com. It is produced by Kirk Hamilton and me, Jason Schreier. Kirk edits and mixes the podcast, and he also wrote and performed our theme song and all the other music on the show. You can find us on popular podcast services like Panoply, NPR Now, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like us, we hope you'll leave us lots of nice reviews on all of those lovely sites and services. 
You can find all of our episodes at kotaku.com slash splitscreen, and you can reach us at splitscreen at kotaku.com. Thank you.